0: You're tuned in to More Living with Jim Brogan, broadcast live from the Brogan Financial Studios at News Talk 98.7, where old-fashioned values, expert knowledge, and genuine understanding come together to give you the retirement straight talk you deserve. Jim's a former National Advisor of the Year recipient and a financial educator, and he's here today to talk about how you can live out the best years of your life. Jim and the Brogan Financial Team have been helping retirees and pre-retirees across the Southeast for over 20 years in their pursuit of financial independence. You can reach them during the week at 865-862-6800. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn, because more living with Jim Brogan starts now. Happy
1: Saturday, East Tennessee, and welcome to more living with Jim Brogan where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. This is News Talk 98.7 WOKI. And today we're going to talk a little bit about technology. You know, from being able to print gadgets and novelty items to now printing automotive and aviation parts with a printer, the 3D printing industry has grown in tremendous ways over the past three decades. Companies can use 3D printers to make specific parts, tools, or products that they used to traditionally outsource to manufacturing plants, many of which were previously overseas. Our guest today is William Llewellyn. He is the Director of Operations for Mtech 3 a Knoxville-based company at the forefront of 3D printing technology. He has worked in the industry since 2007, so 15 years, overseeing operations and maintenance of a variety of 3d printers good morning William welcome to the show good morning Jim how are you I'm doing great it's great to have you with us tell us good a little bit about here. your yeah absolutely tell, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the 3d printing world
2: yeah so um, rewind about 15 years ago I, I just uh, got out of uh, uh, a four-year tour with the Marine Corps, and uh, I, I went through college for mechanical engineering, but I really, really didn't know what I, what I wanted to apply that to. So, <clears throat> I actually answered a uh, a Craigslist ad while I was out in uh, Los Angeles for a model maker at the time, and. Um you know I had no, no idea going into it what it would uh what it would be, so I figured I would be making little model ships and throwing them in a bottle and bit on a production line. but what it wound up being was a three d printing service bureau um and basically it was a small company in Los Angeles where we had uh four or five three d printers and uh companies would send us their their files their designs and we would 3d print them for those customers and either hand paint them or nod or do various other things to these models and then deliver them to the customer um so that that kind of started out i started out sanding Sanding models model making sweeping the floors and then that that graduated to running machines and programming and then that graduated to uh, overseeing sales um, And and doing trade shows and so it just kind of grew and grew exponentially over time the more I more I involved myself with it and actually you know, it, it's, it's a labor of love because I've been build, building models since I was a small child. And, and so the more I got into this 3D printing industry, I just fell in love with it. And that's why I'm still with it today.
1: That's great. Let's back up for a second. You said you served yep. in the Marine Corps for four years. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for your service. Uh, yes, did sir. you do that out of college, before college? Tell us a little bit about your experience in the Marine Corps.
2: You know, um, when I graduated high school, this was around 2000, 2001, and um, the mentality in high school um, guidance counselors at the time was to push everyone to college right away, right out of college. And for me, there was so much going on in my mind, I really didn't know what I wanted to do exactly. And uh, I've had some family members that were in the Marine Corps and that that was part of the motivation. But uh, uh, I was I was actually registering for a a new high school senior year and a a, uh, Marine Corps recruiter walked in and and it just hit me all of a sudden. And and he walked in. I said, I'm going to be a Marine. (laughs) And he said, oh, really, really? and and so, you know, that just kinda of started from there and uh you know, I didn't I didn't know what I wanted to do right away, so I figured the Marine Corps would give me a chance to go see the world a little bit and I know I knew there were benefits involved with it like uh VA home loans and VA educational, but that really wasn't uh at the forefront of my mind at the time. Really, I just wanted to kinda of get out and see the world and, and figure out a little bit of who I am at the time. And so that was a great great thing for me to do and I actually uh went to college after the Marine Corps and used my GI bill.
1: Yeah, I think that's fantastic. My my father used the GI bill to go to college. Uh he he did the Navy. Of course that was a long time ago. But anyway, thank you for your service. L- yes, let's sir. let's get into the 3D technology. The process of 3D printing I think William is unfamiliar to a lot of our listeners. So what is 3D printing? How does it work? What does a 3D printer look like? I guess depending on what they're designed to print, they could look completely different from one to the next, is that right?
2: Correct, so so to give a brief history of 3D printing, it, it really kind of culminated in the early 1980s. Um, c- Computer aided drafting was kind of a, a new technology at the time and it was up and coming. And uh, there were quite a few people who were who were jumping on this computer-aided drafting kind of bandwagon at the time. Um, there, there were two technologies that really emerged in the beginning of the 1980s. One of those was was called laminated object manufacturing, and you know whether this one was the first or not, I, I think it's a kind of a, a small argument between this and there's another uh, technology called stereolithography. But laminated object mo- uh, manufacturing uh, is basically a, a machine that will roll out uh, paper with some adhesive on it and it will roll out a layer of paper and a laser will come come through and trim trim this paper out to basically a cross section of a shape, almost like a, an MRI does with a scan where you have a cross section of an object. And it would continue to layer these, these um, you know, the, these rolls of paper over and over and over again until it finally created a an, an object that, that you could hold in your hand that was based off of this computer-aided uh, drafting model, uh, in essence. Or basically, let's just, for all intents and purposes, let's call it a 3D JPEG. And then, so another technology that was around the time, uh, there was a man by the name of Chuck Hull and uh in 1984 i believe he he patented uh the stereolithography process now this process is a little bit more advanced and, and it, it took off quite a bit more than the laminated object manufacturing so basically what chuck did was he took a a vat of of liquid resin that time uv light hits this resin it changes from a liquid to a solid and so what Chuck did was he he basically took some of the the idea with the laminated object manufacturing with the laser, but combined it with this uh, UV sensitive resin. And basically, they they point this laser at this this vat of resin, and wherever that laser hits, because it has a UV light in it, um, it solidifies from a liquid to a solid. It basically almost instantly. You know, sometimes it might take you know a couple seconds more to fully cure out, but um, Chuck basically invented this method and, and kind of honed it in in the early 80s of, of stereolithography. Um, and then later on in the, the later 80s, there was another uh, process called uh, fused deposition modeling from the Stratasys uh, company that kind of came out as well. Now, that's that's probably a little bit more familiar to everyone. Where you have a spool of of plastic, it almost looks like a. A lot of people call it weed eater line, and and you know it can look like that, uh, but it's basically a spool of plastic. It could be ABS, it could be PLA, nylon. That sky's kind of the limit. And so they feed this plastic into basically a heated extruder. Um and for for to kind of boil it down, it's almost like a hot glue gun. Um it, it basically you push this hot plastic through this this heated tip and it will go around and and basically build a layer, one layer at a time, until you have a a, a model. Now, you know, going through the nineties, the early two thousands, and even up to current day there there are so many different technologies on how to do this process and it, there are other materials there are other machines that do the same thing but just in a different way some are faster some have this this added benefit some don't and so the the market is is massive compared to where it began in the 1980s um
1: mostly plastic yeah, when- you know, when I heard about 3D printing the first time, seems like it was probably, man, I mean, it was probably 10, 12, maybe even 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I thought, you know, when I heard about it, I thought, wow, that's wild. I'd never heard of it before. I was at a conference, and they had a speaker. And they were talking about how it could be applied in the future. And I thought at the time it was a pretty new thing. But you're telling us that it... Actually, goes back and was birthed in the early '80s, and then it just—I guess it was, as you've discussed, it was very rudimentary then compared to where it is now. Correct. What type? Give us an idea of the varied types of things you can make with a 3D printer. Well, you know, many
2: people ask me ask me that, um, and, and really, at the end of the day, if you can imagine it. If you can imagine it in your mind and and create it in a digital uh, computer aided drafting software, really you can create it. And many times people ask me, well, well what kind of things do you 3D print? And, and you know, it, it, it's that's kind of a loaded question in itself because really you can take a look at any object today that you interact with and most for the most part 3d printing has had a hand in just about everything for instance I have a uh, I have a tape measure on my desk uh, that I use daily to measure boxes when we ship and things like that and looking at it right now I, I guarantee you that this was initially created with 3d printing at one t- one time to create the initial design and to make sure everything works now you know when you get into what can you make with this uh you know you have to realize that the sky's the limit because you have an object that you can yeah you can 3d print it but then you can take that object and then you can let's say put it in a silicone mold and then you can replicate that same object over and over and over again or you can put it in a box with some sand and pack that sand around that object, and then remove the object and pour metal in that. and then next thing you know, you have you have a, a metal casting. Um, we have even uh, done applications where we 3D print either a wax or a, a plastic that will melt away. Um, and And people will basically put a slurry around this object and then melt it out and pour metal into that. And they call that investment casting. And so, uh, you know, 3D printing can be used as either just an object to look at your hand. It can be used as a master pattern for production, for, you know, production, um, mass quantities. Um, And then also here in the recent years, and and I'm sure we'll get into this, but uh, it's kind of evolved into production in itself, uh, which is something I've always wanted to happen. uh, But that's kind of more recently become more of a reality due to the circumstances in the world around us Um, but as far as what you can do with it really uh, with today's materials and the new technologies you can really uh, do if you can imagine it you can make it and that's the beauty of of 3d printing in today's today's world uh, because you know, as a kid, you, you imagine things and, and you, you, you think, oh, well, if I could do this, well, now you have the ability to do that. And with other technologies such as 3D scanning, um, digital sculpting, uh, you know, robotic manufacturing lines, uh, you know, a- the applications are just endless. We're
1: visiting this morning with uh, William Llewellyn. He is with MTech 3D, and we're talking about the application of 3D printing. And uh, when we get back from our first break and later in the show, we're going to get a little bit more into you know, what, what are the implications moving forward? How might it change? continue to evolve in the manufacturing world? What does that mean for you and me? And what are some of the cool things that we can do with 3D printers? So stay with us. This, you're listening to More Living with Jim Brogan, only on News Talk 98.7 WOKI.
0: Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan.
1: Welcome back. This is More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. I'm your host, Jim Brogan. We're visiting with William Llewellyn, talking about 3D printing. Uh, Do check us out on our website, broganfinancial.com. We got lots of resources there. I do want to mention that this Thursday, we are doing a blood drive in partner with Medic. Uh, You know, a very, very worthy cause. We'll have it uh, all day, 9 to 4, in our parking lot at Brogan Financial. And that location is, if you know where Sam's Club is in West Knoxville, we are right across the street from the gas pumps at Sam's. There are two buildings there called Onyx Point, and uh, we're having that blood drive this Thursday, 9 to 4. Always is good to give blood, and uh, I know the blood banks need it very, very badly. As I mentioned, we're visiting with William Lwell and he is the uh director of operations of intech 3d and we're talking about the implications of 3d printing trying to get a little bit better understanding of 3d printing william what is the largest thing that's ever been printed by a 3d printer <laughs>
2: well uh again that's a loaded question uh there there is a company called uh, i didn't know that was a loaded question (laughs) (laughs) well there is a company uh out of of minnesota called stratasys and and they have a printer uh what's called the infinite printer And, and basically as long as there there is material loaded in the machine it will continue to print and basically it moves along a line and and I, what the, the largest thing they've printed I have no idea but uh locally um in, in the past you know there there was a lot of uh, a hubbub <laughs> around the area uh when when the company uh, local motors uh when they're no longer a business at this time but uh local motors um gained a lot of notoriety uh dealing with uh ORNL at the time um, when they created a 3d printer that would print a car all at once and um, they actually produced quite a few of these little um, 3d printed basically uh, it's a car and the frame and chassis and everything all together and they would put an electric motor in it and uh, drive it around and they went into production making some buses but but I, I believe that at this point in time they're they're out of business for whatever reason but um, so if you think kind of, of a car,
1: of the different components, I mean, are there, can one printer do various types of jobs or, you know, do you have to, each printer has one thing that it can do? Uh,
2: you know, in the early days, it was more, each printer had its own, own, you know, special um, ability, but uh, with, with technology advancing, we're able to do. Uh, multiple materials in the same build and uh, multiple colors full color Um, so one of the keys of of 3d printing that has really uh, advanced it is, is what we call support technology when you 3d print an object layer by layer you start off at the bottom or upside down, work your way down, whichever Whichever it doesn't matter. Um, you, you get to certain points and certain objects where you may have a section of the object over here on one side of the build tray and one on the other. And you have to have something to hold this down to your, your machine while it's printing. Uh, and that's what we call support technology. And that, that can vary in many ways, but basically it's another material that is printed at the same time that you either break away, wash away, melt away, dissolve, you know, there, there's so many other ways to to remove this support material. But basically, it's like a jig or, or a fixture, and it holds this object in place while you're building the model, and then you remove it afterwards, and they call it post-processing. Um, so that has advanced the the things you can print over the years um and, and the the complexity of 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 models and so uh, with the added benefit of a- adding multiple materials to the same build you can kind of eliminate many uh many different facets of of, of objects and and kind of blend them into one for example, uh, most, most of the toothbrushes we all pick up today, uh, if you look at them, they have a rigid plastic, and then they have kind of like a rubber Rubber part of the 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 grip or whatever and and th- that's called over molding and and basically in the past They would they would make a mold they would make the hard plastic throw it back in another mold, And then they would shoot the rubber over it. Well now uh, With some 3d printing technologies you, you can 3d print the rigid as, and the rubber at the same time So you eliminate a lot of steps with this this new technology and so you uh, you know, a, a lot of these complexities wind up getting kind of uh, washed down because you can eliminate a lot of these extra processes. And a great example of that uh, in modern times is, is GE. Um, they're, they're manufacturing rocket engines in one piece where before they were, you know, who knows, 300 pieces or
1: more. So uh, it, practically speaking, it, it it sounds like like you've used the word model a lot, making mm-hmm. molds. The the a word that comes to mind is prototype. Is it mm-hmm. is it is it mainly being used to create prototypes that then can be used to go into a more of a manufacturing process? Or do you where do you see this going? Do you see it where it could be a quantity thing too, and could be a a, a different way to actually manufacture on a mass scale?
2: Well, you know, Jim, when I first started out 15 years ago, the, the rule of thumb really in the industry was you 3d printed three of everything um at the time it was it was very common to do this you would 3d print one as a master pattern for molds you would 3d print another for master pattern for for paint uh basically the 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 painters would look at that as a master pattern and then you'd print one as a as a um, kind of like a marketing piece so that you could take pictures of it while it's getting manufactured you would keep the one and you would send the other two to china uh to get mass produced and that that was really uh, I I saw it more times than not that that was the case of, of how people manufactured uh you know items or goods um but fast forward to you know 2020 almost everything got flipped over upside down and so um one of the things that I started noticing was that uh people started coming to us to mass produce objects that they couldn't get otherwise um, one of the first clients that we had uh, they had ordered 5,000 parts of these little tiny plastic pieces that had to go in their their product um, and at the time, they had no clue when they would get it back from China. They had no you know they were they were looking at six months or more to even get these back, and so their product would have been delayed that that far. So what we did was we took their their again their computer aided drafting design and uh basically three three d printed five thousand of these little plastic pieces and we had them supplied and ready to go in under two weeks
1: so that that yeah, so was... see it sounds to me like there's implications of how this evolves. Uh, oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, no, don't get me wrong.
2: I still have customers locally that that they'll want a 3D print one to make sure it works. But sure. really, uh, there, there's uh, you know, uh, <laughs> again, the sky's the limit. If you need five thousand of them, we could do that as well.
1: We're visiting with William Llewellyn. He's with 3D. Tech 3D, we're talking about 3D printing. When we come back, we're going to have more. I'm going to ask him, can you actually print a human organ with a 3D printer? That'll be a very fascinating discussion. We're also going to have our dollars and cents segment. Inflation and stock market volatility. How How is it affecting your money now? And maybe just as importantly, what we, can we expect from our investments over the next over the coming years. So stay with us. This is More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI.
0: Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan.
1: This is More Living with Jim Brogan, where it's all about living the best years of your life your way. We're with you every Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m., and again, 3 to 4 p.m., right here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. You can also catch all of our shows on our website. We podcast them. Go to broganfinancial.com and click on radio. You can also go to YouTube and hear them there. We also have our dollars and cents segments on our website, podcasted. Um, we got lots of resources. We are having a blood drive uh on this Thursday in partnership with medic very, very important needs for the blood banks uh it's nine to four all day uh at our office in a, in the park in the back parking lot we're We're right across the street from the gas pumps at Sam's at Onyx Point, right off of walker springs we'd love to see you there. Uh, we we're talking about 3D printing and the implications, learning a little bit about how the technology works, and then what can we expect moving forward. Uh, before we get back to our guest, William Llewellyn, however, it is time for dollars and cents.
0: Want to be sure you are getting the most out of your retirement? For all the years of your retirement? That's the primary goal of More Living with Jim Brogan and our Dollars and Cents segment, where we provide you with an important financial tip that will help positively impact the quality of your life in retirement. And now, here's Jim with this week's Dollars and Cents tip.
1: Inflation and the stock market. And what are the implications for you and your investment and, more importantly, financial plan? The new inflation number for May came out Yesterday, 8.6% year-over-year, 40-year year high. Market cratered, went down over 2.5% in one day. That is quite, quite volatile. What do we make of all this? Uh, I think it's very important to understand, first off, that in the short term, the stock market is completely unpredictable and volatile. Nobody knows what's going to happen. And we can go from stable markets to volatile markets with the snap of your fingers. In the long term, market fundamentals typically rue the day. And it's important to understand that for several reasons. One, stock market and risk investments in general, diversified market investments that aren't just in stocks but are in a variety of different things, uh... That type of market investing, is, you know, one of the keys is how long is it going to be? What's your time horizon before you need to touch that money? Because in the short term, we have no idea. So oh, we, we need time for things to kind of work out in the long term with market fundamentals. In the short term, I've found that over the last 20 years, certainly 15 years, macroeconomic factors impact the market the most, but in the longer term, market fundamentals typically will win out. So let's let's talk about market fundamentals. Coming into the year, it's important to realize where we've been over the three years leading into 2022. So this is 2019, the pandemic year of 2020, and 2021. The S&P 500 was up over 25% per year annualized. And we had really very, very high valuations of stocks in the United States. Well, that creates a euphoria as an investor. And we just want more and more and more. There's no way we can maintain, historically, would, would tell us there's no way we can maintain that type of a return. So what's happened this year is market valuations in other words how expensive are stocks we started out the year with market valuations very high we're now getting closer to historic averages we're not there yet we're still a little bit high but a lot of this we could argue is simply market valuations coming down so when we look at what's going on in the stock market right now you know, the, the market is still in the green if you go back to even January of 2021, just a little over, you know, almost a year and a half ago, and you could almost say that in the last three years, as valuations grew, investors were just borrowing returns from the future, and at some point, those things average out because market fundamentals have to win. Now, the the areas that have been hit the hardest are the areas in the last three years that grew the most. Growth stocks, technology stocks have been, as a rule, hit the hardest. They also had the highest valuations, made the most amount of money the last three years. So now they've been hit harder because, again, it's this idea of borrowing returns from the future. So what does this really mean? Well, inflation is here, And it's going to be here for a while. We don't know how it's going to all play out. The market is reacting very negatively to the potential impact of inflation on the economy. And with the Fed's statements that they're going to aggressively raise interest rates, uh, continue to, and how that affects economic growth and slows down the economy. That's what the market's reacting to. And I think until... We see peak, until we get a sense that we've hit peak inflation and inflation is slowing, is going back the the other way, I think we're going to continue to see a lot of volatility. But remember, we shouldn't be in risk investments for the short term. We should be in those for a longer term, and I'll say five to seven years. So there's a couple of keys here. One is to have short-term holdings for cash needs and for short-term income that are not dependent on the stock market. And not dependent on risk investments. And in the market, that, that way the money you do have invested for, for, for market growth, you're not worried about the next six months or year. You're worried about five, six years from now. Because over time, market fundamentals, at least historically, have won. And so things average out, in other words. But I do think we also need to look at the reality that for the last 15 years, from the fall of 2007 when we had the real estate crash to now we've had massive government stimulus. There is just an enormous amount of money that's been flooded into the economy both by Congress and the Federal Reserve. And that can't happen the next 10 years. So the, the Fed is starting to bring back money supply called quantitative tightening. They're raising interest rates they're not going to be flooding the market with cash anymore. I just don't see how they can continue to do that like they have the last 15 years. So we might need to mute our expectations of market returns over the coming years. However, market, re- market investing is the best way to beat inflation long term. The key is more diversification. Not just stocks, but having other types of non-traditional things like real estate and commodities and natural resources and energy. You have more things in your portfolio that that if one thing zigs, another thing zags. Because in a volatile, choppy, sideways market, if you can reduce volatility overall, history would tell us you can maybe even do better than the market over periods of time with a good bit less risk. So secure income for the short term create greater diversification for the long term.
0: That's our Dollars and Cents segment for this week. You can find this week's Dollars and Cents segment and others by visiting BroganFinancial.com.
1: And at BroganFinancial.com, you can you can get all of our podcasts of our show and our Dollars and Cents segment. Go to BroganFinancial.com and click on Radio. Today we're talking about 3D printing and the implications. How does it work? Where is it going? We're visiting with William Llewellyn. He is Director of Operations for MTech 3D here in Knoxville. Uh, are there any limitations, William, when it comes... I mean, you, we've talked... I mean, we've seen jewelry, automotive parts, aviation parts can be 3D printed. Are there limitations? Are there things, uh, I mean, that we really haven't been able... Nuts we have not been able to crack?
2: Uh... At this point in time, I think everything's been tried. Now, there are some technologies that uh, haven't really been perfected yet. Um, given, you know, I mentioned uh, Chuck Hull and, and the Stratasys FDM from the 80s. You know, those technologies have had, you know, 20, 30 years to really uh, develop their technology and kind of hone it in to where it's a, a you know, a user-friendly uh, interface and, and reliable um however, a lot of these newer technologies that that use materials that per se are are not out there on the market uh yet uh they need some more polishing per se um yeah you know, you know e- even metal uh three d printing uh it it's out there consumers can buy these these printers um but there's they're still um, kind of a handful to to post process and and the material cost is fairly high, even the printer cost is fairly high so um yes we we we've kind of touched every material and process out there but Um, You know, eventually we we want to get to a printer that will print metal, plastic, rubber all at one time, you know, and and so that there is no printer out there that will do everything all at once. But, you know, that's kind of what the goal end
1: goal is to where uh, it can really do everything all at once. William, we need to get to our last break. When we come back, I am going to ask you, can we print a human organ? And what are the practical applications moving forward? So stay with us. We're visiting with William Llewellyn and talking about 3D printing. He is with MTech 3D. This is More Living with Jim Brogan on News Talk 98.7 WOKI.
0: Welcome back to News Talk 98.7's Brogan Financial Studios, where Jim Brogan is coming to you live with important news and advice to help you achieve your dream retirement. Get ready to learn and live. Here's your host, Jim Brogan.
1: Thanks for tuning in this weekend to More Living here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. We're with you every Saturday 9 to 10 a.m. and again 3 to 4 p.m. We're having a blood drive Thursday at our office in the, in the parking lot from 9 to 4 in partnership with Medic. We hope you'll come by. We're right across from the gas pumps at Sam's. Also on Thursday, uh, I will be filling in for Bob Yarbrough from 10 to 12 I would love for you to join us in listening to that show. Uh, I'll have on Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs from 10 to 11 to talk about Knox County. And then 11 to 12, I'll be visiting with David Wagner, who is a chartered financial analyst, investment fund manager, portfolio manager. And we're going to talk about inflation, the economy, and your money. Today on the show, we're talking with William Llewellyn, uh, and we're talking about 3D printing William, is it possible to print a human organ with a 3D printer? And if so, yes. what material do you use for that? How can you print yes, that, something that's living? I don't. How can you print something that 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 is living? Well, when you 3D print uh,
2: what we call uh, bioplotting. Uh, initially, you're, you're 3D printing with basically skin cells, and and these are generic skin cells. <laughs> a lot of times, they're they're grown in labs, um, and it's and it's uh, basically a generic um, material, a biomaterial, um, and these are 3D printed on what we call a 3D bioplotter. Um, Tech is one of the companies that kind of got into this in the early 2000s. Um, But basically they 3D print this model just like we would a plastic model or or, or something else, but it's made out of generic skin cells that were grown. And before these um, organs, tissue, whatever they 3D print is actually transplanted onto a human being, they take this – what what they call a scaffold after it's 3D printing, and they kind of immerse it with – uh, DNA from the recipient so that that uh improves adhesion improves that it uh it, there's no um uh, infection when they attach it uh and so this this is kind of it's still in a lot of trial stage and in and, and university kind of realm um as with any kind of uh healthcare technology it's something that really needs to be tried over time to make sure that it that it's uh, completely safe for its intended use
1: now that, so basically hmm. you have to start with a living cell but then you can actually use that to print another living thing that's crazy Correct. To me. yeah but the, the, it, the future application of that could be dramatic it, it, it is like.
2: It is. Um, for instance, I use the example a lot of times um, if, you know, if everybody was uh, either 3D scanned or had had a um, a cat scan or had a digital scan or sculpt of even their face, um, you know, that would be on record for however long it needed to be. And if that person had to have uh, a complete let's say we had a burn victim that lost, uh, you know, most of their facial features in theory you could take go back to that scan of let's say five years ago 3d print out basically uh, <laughs> basically that skin or that organ and dilute it with the the dna of the recipient and attach it so the yeah, the, the, the kind of
1: <laughs> it's, it's the realm it's of possibilities incredible. out there Medical technology and innovation could really be a driver of economic growth uh, in the future. Let's talk about the economy. Can 3D printing be a good economic engine and create jobs and even fill manufacturing needs? Definitely.
2: Um, I, I will say this. I've been in 3D printing for the past 15 years. You know, we we I was even in it when the 2008, 2009. Uh, hit you know, and it changed changed the world, and then even with twenty twenty um, you know through even those tough times, I found that three d printing was a very stable uh, market um, now the the key uh with with three d printing is that if if you see a market start to let's say dry up. Um, for instance, 2008, 2009, the, the automotive industry was one of our largest customers at the time and then basically overnight, they were not. And the trick was, you know, to really change change your uh, direction of, of where you're looking for your, your customers and the market drive. And, uh, and really, that's the beauty of 3D printing is that you can adapt to whatever market you, you need to. And... and that's why i i feel that it's a very stable uh place to be for the future and even uh you know in 2020 when a lot of stocks started to take a, a, a huge dive i noticed some of the 3d printing stocks kind of stabilized and some of them actually even uh increased in value in certain areas uh because they they were they were fairly stable um and well, some
1: of those were cad you know William, we're about out of time. How can people learn more about 3D printing at MTech 3 d your company? You yes, sir. Uh, d-
2: wwwmtech 3 dcom we're, we're a Knoxville-based uh, company. We, we do everything from small individual 3D printing to mass production.
1: If somebody wants to get started with 3D printing at home, where would you recommend they get started?
2: Uh, you, you know, YouTube's a good place to to kind of get your feet wet with the realities of, of 3D printing. Um, there, there are many channels out there on YouTube to kind of just just see how the process goes. Um, I, I don't want to name any off the top of my head to to give any leniency towards anyone, but just uh, there's there are also websites dedicated to to simply the learning of 3D printing.
1: William Llewellyn. Director of Operations for Mtech 3D. Thank you so much for taking time out of your business, out of your busy schedule, to be with us today. Thank you, Jim. That's William Llewellyn. You can check him out at mtech3d.com. As we've discussed, the really the the many different technological, medical, innovative, and even manufacturing implications long-term of 3D technology. Uh, It's pretty fascinating. If you've missed part of the show, uh, we're here every Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m., again, 3 to 4 p.m. You can also catch our podcasts online. Go to BroganFinancial.com. Click on radio. Uh, Next week, we will have on uh, Doug Lawyer with the, and and we're going to be talking about Knoxville Economic Development in 2022. We are having a blood drive this Thursday in the Brogan Financial parking lot uh, in partnership with Medic. We hope we'll see you there 9 to 4 uh, and thank you for tuning in this week. We've discussed, really, future technology for a greater economy and greater health care, even, so you can live the best years of your life your way. Thank you, Chris, for engineering the show. Thank you to Jill for helping produce the show. This is More Living with Jim Brogan, only on the News and Talk of East Tennessee, News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Have a very blessed weekend, and go Tennessee ball baseball team.